Welcome back to the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Erdman. I'm a certified behavior consultant and dog trainer and own bravodog.ca. Welcome to today's edition of the podcast. I'm super excited because we're going to be talking to one of my favorite friends. Um, Her name is Michelle McGill and her business is Train With Underdogs, LLC. She's in Philly and she's probably one of the funniest most genuine um, people that I have come across <laughs> and I haven't met her in person but I've been talking to her virtually through Instagram for a long long time and she tells it like it is and I'm I'm really excited to talk to her today and hopefully you guys learn a few things along the way. Hi. Hi Michelle. Can you hear Hi, me? Hi, Renee. Yes. Wonderful. Yay. Had... No clicky. Yeah. <laughs> Just to everyone out there that might be listening, we had several technical difficulties ranging yes. from clicking sounds to Michelle's partner in the background oh. and her dog. And yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> Thank all you. All good. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. So you are, you're in Philadelphia. I'm yes. in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So Philadelphia. you're three hours, yep. You're three hours ahead of me anyways. Yes. yes. Um, so I thought today we could talk about realistic expectations um, or do we have realistic expectations for yeah. our dogs socially, yes. you know, when they're interacting with uh, other dogs. I think that's a big thing yes. um, that we have maybe unrealistic expectations I agree. or ones that maybe are shaped by, you know, popular culture or, yeah. you know, I think we also get a lot of pressure from people around us. But yes. yeah, what are your thoughts, initial thoughts? Yes, initial thoughts that people who, I guess, like your everyday dog companion seem to be almost a little obsessive about, I have a dog, and that other Mm -hmm. person over there I don't know has a dog, and like it's like, let's have them meet. Um, I can't tell you how many times like people have beelined towards me and Jolene, like we're just doing our own thing, and it's like they want to come and interact, and I... I guess it's coming from a kind place, but in the, in that, it's the nail man. It's the nail man. (laughs) This is reality. This is reality. Yes. We keep this stuff. This is real life. Yeah. (laughs) Let me, um, I'll shut the window too. She she has a hard time accepting them. And then when she sees them in person, she like wants to like say hello. Well, she's just doing her job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) we can talk about that too. Parking. Um, but yeah, I guess like the the want to say hello, the want to interact, it's like, whoa, but these are dogs and they're, they're their own little thing and how they communicate. They can't put their hand up and say, you know, this isn't the right time. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think for us, like you just have to, it's, I really think that we need to get over this thought that it's it's not okay to compare dogs to humans in a lot of ways yeah I posted the other day a little bit about anthropomorphism and how mm-hmm. you know we've really been sort of conditioned to say hey well no dogs are very very different than humans but we you know that's a, a good way for us to relate and I think that you know socially speaking I personally don't want to say hi to a lot of people exactly. out and about. I try and be polite, but you know, I'm an introverted extrovert. I'm extroverted when I need to be. Yes. And then, you know, and then think about, Hey, I may not be feeling well. Right. Um, the same thing could be said for your dog, but in terms of how they've been socialized, you know, gosh, dogs range hugely in terms of their 
early experiences in life and why they are the way they are now, right? Exactly. Tell me a bit about Jolene and, you know, her beginnings and and her social experiences. Yes, for sure. I would love to (laughs) talk about about her all day, obviously. Um, So I got her when she was eight weeks old from the SPCA. I didn't know her history as far as, you know, when she was taken away from her mother. Um, And I probably have seen that uh, more and more as I've become a dog trainer, like what maybe she was pulled away a little bit um, early with her sometimes resource guarding issues, but that could be a multitude of things. But for the most part, I was kind of obsessed with socializing her to a point where I was like, I, I kind of just followed my instincts. I'm like, all right, well, she needs to be outside. She needs to like smell and sniff and be kind of free while she's interacting with other dogs instead of like Mm -hmm pressuring her into dog parks all the time where it's like you know that's smart yeah 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 and I I just I guess I don't know I'm a free spirit kind of person so maybe I was like projecting but I guess that worked out um (laughs) that's good but but I I will admit in the beginning this was like four years ago when she was super small and like you know they're like little drunk people they like pretty much (laughs) get along with any anybody And, and to a point I was like all right like, sure, let's, let's meet, you know, these random dogs in the neighborhood, but, Mm -hmm. and, and that probably was a mistake, you know, looking back, but. Well, I mean, if they were positive experiences, I mean. Yeah, true, true. I I do come across though a lot of people in, you know, just with clients that, you know, they did everything quote unquote right with socialization. They thought that they didn't overexpose, like they didn't have um, negative experiences. They weren't, you know, overwhelming their puppy. And then as adults, they see that socially they're either not, they're, they're choosy or they are selective. And then they don't want to do the things they used to do as a puppy or a young dog and they can't accept that. Yes. And I think that is like the biggest point of all. And, and that's like exactly Jolene. She's sure she got along with pretty much and everyone up until I would say like 10 months and then a year and a half. And, and now she's extremely selective, especially in the city. If, if the dog across the street is chill and is like, you know, calm behavior, she, she mirrors that and she's like, cool, I'll pass you. But yep. as soon as that dog even looks at her for more than like four seconds, she's like, she barks and is like, what are you, what are you looking at? Kind of like attitude. Right. Um, yeah. And I think people probably don't think about that enough, like from puppyhood right. into adolescent, into a, into an adult dog. It's like, they, they are completely different usually. I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. No. It, and I think that too, it, there's that urge to, okay, we got to fix that. We got to fix it. Right. Right. It's got to be changed and you mm-hmm. need to be a certain way. And I think that goes back to like our original thought of, okay, like what's realistic for us to expect for our companion dogs and like, should we, what standards should we be holding them to? Because I think that our standards are way too high. A hundred percent. Agree. Yeah. And, and I think that we're, depending on your environment, I think too, living in urban environments is much more difficult for, for dogs than, um, than not. Right. Because oh, yeah. you've got oh, yeah. so much stimulus, you've oh, got yeah. noises, you've got unpredictability, which to me, unpredictability for an animal is a huge, huge stressor. Right. For sure. Because that, for that sure. does not mean that the world is safe. Right. Totally. So, I think, and the more, you know, with elevators and, you know, dogs 
coming out of places unexpectedly. I think that that's hard for animals to cope with. That's probably a whole nother, <laughs> a whole nother podcast, but yeah, no, you know, for real, for real. I mean, like I, like I, my heart like goes into my stomach half the time turning a corner. I'm like, right. what? Like I, you know, and then I'm nervous and then she's nervous. not all the time, but you know, yeah, it does happen. What might right. happen. Yeah, for sure. And, for sure. I mean, I think so for real, to be realistic, what would you say that people should keep in mind when they get a dog? Like, I mean, yeah. and then we can think about too, like, okay, well, where are they getting dogs from? And, you know, are you exactly. adult dogs it's like or such puppies? A loaded, right. It's well, such a loaded. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, let's talk about a, a dog that you, you adopt as an adult dog. Yeah. I mean, what's realistic to expect? Right. What do I you think, think? I think... <sighs> I think let's say you rescue a, do- a rescue dog from a, a rescue or, you know, the SBCA, if mm-hmm. you're in Philly act, um, no history. Setting- so let's say there's no history. Yeah. Let's say, I'm like, yeah. yeah. No history, so no- which is usually the case, right, uh, except so- for what the shelter tells you, which keep in mind, that's really unreliable because animals are under stressful circumstances. They're going to, their behavior is not going to be reliable. Right. Yes. So you take this dog home. You're walking it on a leash. Mm-hmm. It sees other dogs and starts barking and lunging. So the automatic thought is that my dog is aggressive. Dog aggressive. Right. 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 Exactly. But we know that that's not necessarily the case. Right. Exactly. So I think, well, what are things to keep in mind? Like when you we take a home, a dog and socially, you know, you stick them into into your life right away. What are some things to keep in mind that, you know, their behavior and towards other dogs, is that reliable? Or what do you recommend to clients when they, they take a dog home and they want to quote unquote socialize them? Yeah, I would suggest first going to like the envi- the right environment, um, can, as much as a controlled environment as you can get. So I would think like ideally an open space park on off hours where maybe you're going to see few dogs and few people and you can be there with positive reinforcement with your affection or your treats and just hang out calmly mm-hmm. and just observe and if there is no reaction or better yet there's there's positive reaction just making sure you're reinforcing that behavior instead of throwing them into like a carnival situation where they're constantly passing dogs and people and they they have no time to digest. So I guess setting it up. So it's easy for them to digest what the hell is, is this new world that I'm in? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important is giving them that decompression time that, you know, they can settle in, observe their surroundings and they don't have to interact with dogs right away yeah like interaction you know nose to nose right is it's probably not going to go well the first couple of weeks or, yes you know yes it it, it it could by luck but uh, uh, I think yeah go ahead no sorry I was I'm like oh, I'm shocked um, <laughs> I'm like oh, oh, somehow I forget I'm sorry Renee um, no 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 it's okay go, go ahead um, I like I'm like I'm like talk over person it's horrible it's like a, a terrible well sometimes there's audio delay too so yeah it happens oh, okay okay, okay. <laughs> We'll use that as an excuse. Okay, good, good. I I think that like if I compare people bringing their dogs up nose to nose to to people to person interact person to person interaction, it's like it's like compared to a handshake. Like oh, my dog's giving another dog like some sort of form of you are cool. Where it's like 
no like you're so Mm -hmm. much likely to cause stress in that dog and and probably most people are high strung I think in my opinion at least in the city they're already they already have a tight leash you're giving your dog all these wrong signals so just if you can let things kind of just happen organically come to the side of the dog approach with positive like trusting energy instead of like this neurotic here 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 it's like no get away stop right yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's just, you also get people wondering and asking, Hey, well, if I just avoid, am I sending them the signal that there's something wrong? Sure. And I, I get that. Yeah. But I think it's all about how you're doing it yeah. because yeah, I mean, re- remaining as calm as you can and giving, interacting with your dog and engaging with them helps a lot. And I think we forget For to sure. do that. For sure. Um, and it doesn't have to be like high pitched manic, you know, talk, but <laughs> yeah. it can be, happy talk with a happy tone of voice for sure um directing them and using some food to you know reinforce some some behaviors or even even if you need to lure them in certain situations just to create some space yeah that's you know it's fine I think that I think keeping the world small too in terms of access to other dogs for a period of time yeah and then you know if you've got friends too that have pretty chill dogs I think yeah finding that neutral space like a big park field or something where you can sort of work up to some meetings some quick meetings initially and then going for some walks together for sure to you know sort of test the waters yeah 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 and then and and thinking like well okay well how soon should I do that if I want to know if there's reactivity problems that I need to work on or is it just frustration which is a huge thing, right? Yeah. Well, how do, um, how do you how do you do that? Like how what how do you measure right. when they're ready for more? Yeah, I mean it. It is a good question. I think it's one that we sh- every dog is going to be a bit different. Sure, sure, but I course. think I think that we just rush things way too much. I like, agree. I'm not saying avoid, but I think that you know rushing things is it just 100%, falls apart. Hundred um, percent. And I and yeah, that's that's a huge thing. I think in training people in general, then because I'm sure you get this question all the time. And it's like, well, when are they going to be okay? It's like, well, your dog is going to tell you that as long as you work with your dog. Like, it just isn't going to happen overnight or within a week or two. No, no, for sure. And and I think, too, you know, like adopting is one thing and sort of assessing the dog and trying to figure out where they are, how they feel about other dogs. But then, you know, back to when you get a puppy and everything's been great and then all of a sudden it's not like how much of that are can we change how much can realistically how much can we change right and then how much is it that we accept that our dog is an individual yes. has preferences yes yes and we accept those and yes. give them the space that they need and give them access you know in those times where it's appropriate yes and I think yeah. that is like an, another huge thing and I love how you talk about this like accepting your dog for who they are is huge because I think some people and or a lot or a lot of people are just like well they're it's just a dog or they'll get over it because they're a dog and it's like it's like since when is the dog below human that's not my that's just not how I that's not how I roll like I like to treat everything equal it's like wouldn't you like if someone to treat you 
you know, not coddle you, but at least go at your pace. If you're dealing with something like you're dealing with a transition, it's like, Oh, you got divorced. Cool. Here's a new boyfriend. Go get married. Live your life. Bye. Like, (laughs) yeah, like doesn't work that way. No, no, no. Like where is our patience as a society? And it's like, it's, it's hard. I know. And I think that it, there, the, the options there for quick fixes to just, Hey, my dog needs to be calm around other dogs and just, you know, shut down the reactivity. Well, unfortunately you do that and you've got a whole slew of other problems that you haven't thought about or, or nobody's told you about a year down the road. So I think it's, it's definitely, if you look at human nature though, it makes sense. Like we want things to be we have these ideas in our head about how we want our dogs to live their lives with us. Yes, right. Yes. And it's probably pretty idealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, I, again, like we can't stop human nature, but I think that we need to move towards more acceptance of, of dogs as like, we, like we've been saying individuals with certain preferences but where is it that it's not when things are not okay? And I think mm-hmm. that there, there are circumstances such as, you know, of course, dogs that bite yeah. and cause damage. Right. Um, the, you know, you don't enjoy taking them for a leashed walk. That absolutely is, is, a, is a thing. Right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and them being able to be in society safely mm-hmm. and you enjoy their companionship. Yeah, that's why we have companion animals, right? Right not all dogs are going to fit into that box, but I do think that a majority of dogs can function in society with us safely and, and we can enjoy being with them and walking them. Yes. It's just that whole, Hey, can my dog go to the daycare or I want to go to the dog park or they need to be off leash um, and be okay with other dogs. Like those general large larger type scenarios that yeah no I don't think are realistic for a lot of dogs no I agree and I think I had um a couple people I'll say cover my ass um (laughs) (laughs) go go to me or I've read or I've heard say well I know that my dog like obviously needs to be on leash but I don't have the time to train my dog so um I heard from a few people that, you know, if I just put this thing around its neck and I press a button, it comes to me. It's like, it's just like that scenario. It's like, wait a minute. You said that you're, you want your dog to be more comfortable. Now you don't want your dog. So it's like, right. I I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even want to get into that. I guess that would be like a whole (laughs) thing on aversives, but it's like, like, do you really know what your dog needs? Do you really know what your dog wants? Like, and, and if you do, please tell me how you know because I think a lot of humans just like make it up in their head um (laughs) possibly I like talking circles there but well I mean I think that again like we've got these influences that are all around us you know Bill next door says hey your dog needs to be under control and then your family members are saying hey your dog's being dominant you need to fix that right and I think we've got all these and then mixed advice online or you've hired two different trainers yeah. and they're telling you different things. I think it's tough for people to navigate the truth about what to expect. And then it's so, I mean, I think it's tough for us as positive reinforcement, um, evidence-based trainers that, mm-hmm. that work humanely right. to be, to be, to navigate through all these things with our clients and say, Hey, 
this is what's realistic. Uh, I want your dog to be, you know, everything that you've listed here, but the reality is this is what we can try. And, and, you know, it, it may or may not work, right. But it's worth us trying. And I, I personally always say, Hey, I think we can make improvements. Yes. There are no guarantees. Yes. Um, but I think we can make improvements that aren't not going to damage your dog, your relationship, um, or have any side effects. So let's start with that. But I, you know, I I do think that it's tough for people to navigate like what's realistic and what's not based on all the stuff that's just being thrown at them. I, yeah, I know. I agree. Especially in a society now where like all these daycares are huge are popping up and everyone's really excited because their dog gets to go to daycare, but not everyone's dog is going to do well in daycare. And it's like, are you so intrigued about daycare that you even want them to be there in a room when they're in isolation? Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Then maybe they're better off at home and that's okay. Like I, like the guests are social creatures, but not, not all of them. Like Jolene would be ruined at daycare she would be like everybody get in line and everything's mine and get away from me where are the humans <laughs> like she would she yeah. just wouldn't be that wouldn't be her happy place and I'm okay with that I don't want to put her in that situation but people are like well, yeah well and I think that you know what is our perception of of what healthy social social interactions are for dogs and to me it's not mass quantities of dogs no, no together not. getting overstimulated right. and like at a rave you know it's I don't think it's (laughs) super healthy yeah and if they did that like maybe it's for 10 minutes I'm like cool like you got you know you got your little high you got your run on like let's move on but (laughs) well and and I think you know talk to talking about choices and hey you know humans can consent to things you know children can give feedback right um we are still way behind in figuring out how dogs communicate with us through body language, just the general public. For sure. So you, you know, your dog is happy to see you when they leave, you know, a certain, you know, let's say a daycare or dog park or, or whatever, right. You know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like you really need to understand (laughs) more about how your dog's communicating. Hey, just because they're tired, doesn't mean that that's a positive. No, no, I think, no, definitely not. Definitely not. I think yeah. when I was at, um, what was it? I always get the A, the D and the P association of professional Pet dog trainers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, the conference, the best one was, um, I'm sorry, I forget her name, but she created daycare 2.0. You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about? And just like yeah. there was training and there's enrichment and there's like a, a sense of decompression and it's like, okay, that makes sense. But yeah. For everyone just yeah. to be like, let's have our dog in a herding situation. Well, I don't get it. Or like 40 dogs with one person watching. That's I, the thing. We, and that, yes, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the we, biggest part. Yeah. Right. We have some excellent, uh, a couple of excellent ones here locally that are doing things really well, which is very small groups. Love They've it. got enrichment and training. Some even have pools and they're doing swimming. So there oh my God, are some, really? yeah, Amazing. some are doing it really well and doing all positive oh, that's beautiful to hear. But you really have to, it's buyer beware, right? You've got to be careful right. who you choose. It's like that with everything in the pet business. But yeah. I think, you know, one, we need to determine, hey, what are my dog's preferences? Do they, are they selective with dogs? And what types of dogs do they like hanging out with? Yeah. Um, or if you've just 
adopted a dog and you're not sure if it's frustration or fear or what's going on, they've got some reactivity. Yeah. What's the prognosis for that? You need to work with a professional. Right. Um, and, and definitely take it slow. And then with your puppy socialization, I think that, yeah, working with a professional is helpful. And then knowing that, Hey, it, these exposures need to be positives, but there are no guarantees that yes. as an adult, we're not going to see changes. For sure. For sure. Right. For sure. And yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, my French bulldog, Oscar, he, <laughs> he, he's socially, I want to say stunted. He's not socially stunted, <laughs> but I think he's very selective. He mm-hmm. does. Um, he socializes with our dogs. I mean, we have four dogs in total. Oh, and cool. Yeah, and he does well. He loves Maggie a lot. Um, Outside dogs, you know, he's very selective. So I'm very high on management. I've said that in in the past. I don't have a lot of time to work on training with him. Yeah. Um, I do realize he has limitations. And they did start at social maturity, which um, is a big thing. You know, we see that quite frequently. So I'm fine accepting that. And he's not, his quality of life is not suffering. That's the key is that. Yes. Yes. Is there is there a quality of life issue here because they're not accessing enough dogs or, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, But we do also have a, a a group dog walk, not a pack dog walk, but it's a group dog walk. That's um, a local dog walker has set up here and they meet every couple of weeks and they do these um, sessions where they're all on leash, but they're all sort of staggered at different distances and, and just working on their training and outside and, you know, they're doing that right. And I think that those kind of social interactions are great too. For sure. For, for sure. I, yeah, the, the idea that, you know, the dog is fine by themselves again, like just doing nothing, like running around, like hanging out with pals like that. It gets boring after a while, after after a short while. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think people like to think about that, but it's true. Like they're very smart. They love to learn. They, a lot of them want to work. A lot of them want to be trained. Like, well, not want to be trained, but trainable. Um, (laughs) probably don't want to be trained. They just want the food, but yeah. 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 Well, and I think just separating like, what are, what are our needs and then what are our dog's needs? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Because yeah, hopefully you didn't hear that. Did you? But I I heard Lil something. Oh, okay. Did someone fart. Some. Oh no, <laughs> no. But oh. somebody tried to text, so it was just I might hear some notifications. Oh. Hopefully that that won't happen again. Oh no, um, it's okay. So yeah, I think um, at least for you with your clients, what do you like when somebody comes to you and says, "Hey, you know, I I want my dog to be able to go to the dog park. Um, what you know, what do we need to do here? Because she's not. I take her there and she hides." So what would, what yeah. kind of advice would you give them? The kind of advice I would give them is let's work outside of the dog park. Let's work maybe with a dog or two that I, that, you know, are buddies and let me observe how your dog interacts with just, you know, a dog or a couple dogs. And then I can kind of gauge, you know, where is she comfortable and where is she not comfortable? Um, does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And I think that it's, you know, okay, let's get a baseline. Very general. Yeah, let's get yeah. a baseline of how your dog's feeling and, and observe some of the body language. Yes, that's we a can't, great way to put yeah, it. Yeah, and then and not forcing things and seeing, hey, if, if this is fear, then what's our next step? Do we need to then right. go to a plan of counter conditioning um, to see if that yeah. that helps? But, you know, it's 
again, genetics is just such a big portion of this yes. stuff, early environment. Yes. Um, yes. They're not blank slates when we get them, right? So right. it is tough. But I think it can be very isolating for, for people that are working on this and um, don't know, you know, hey, well, how do I do this properly? You've said, don't throw them into the dog park, but then I want to expose them to dogs. So what do I do? Right. And it's like, at some point, you know, if we're working and they just are consistently terrified, then guess what? We, we change, we change our lifestyle a little bit. We just don't go to the dog park. And I, I personally had to do that with Jolene. I I had a couple experiences at the dog park where dogs just, just straight up went after her. And I was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this. Also, it's the human beings at the dog park. Unfortunately, seem at least in Philadelphia, everyone is on their frigging phone. Like no Mm. one is paying attention. And what, what if those people were educated just on the simple basics of dog behavior would it be easy for them to be like okay you know fido come back and like let's give that dog a break would things be a lot different yeah probably but i think you know just getting back into your question you have to accept them as an individual maybe the dog park isn't for them jolene it ain't for her that's okay yeah fine yeah i think just the it always always seems to sort of go back back to the basics of understanding dog body language what is acceptable for for play yeah um you know and not you know, if your dog tends to target and, and right. go after other dogs, right. we can't just let them sort it out. It's not cool. Like no. it's, we've got to, you're, then that's your responsibility to either not continue taking your dog there right. to expose other dogs to that. Right. Um, and that's, you know, there's the flip side of everything, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, it, even like with like, um, just like types of barks and types of growls. Like I think people generalize those types of things and it's like, it just is so it's hard sometimes I'm like why don't they just hire a dog trainer to like be in these dog parks for you know (laughs) on Saturdays or something so then yeah then it's like a more of a safe environment because it's kind of a shit show sometimes or if the dogs that are licensed before you get your dog licensed you have Uh, to watch a yes a little online Uh, thing and take a little quiz (laughs) no for real I love that I I think that is the future seriously like maybe why why not fingers crossed right yeah (laughs) yeah so then just to wrap things up yeah what do we think we think that dogs are individuals with different preferences yes right yes no and then if we've got things going on like difficulty walking them on leash because we've got reactivity towards other dogs then we need to work with a professional we need to work with a professional yes 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 and then there are just there are no guarantees um but you do want to socialize appropriately if you've got a puppy um you know absolutely you can't control everything um but you want to to your best ability have them around other well-behaved dogs that are 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 accepting of puppies and have positive experiences and yeah and just again be prepared that things may not go the way you want them to when they become adults but there are options for us to you know make improvements at least right for sure for sure always always room for improvements with the little bloofers I do wanted to say (laughs) one thing with 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 getting a puppy and your vet tells you to basically quarantine your dog for months I really hate that so especially if you're in the city maybe you just hang out outside on your stoop and you don't have any like actual interactions but maybe you're just clicking and treating for seeing other dogs skateboards bikes other people because that drives me insane but I know we're wrapping up but no no that's totally cool and I and I did notice like uh 
I mean, I think the houses are very similar. I've been to like Baltimore where like, is the housing yeah. sort of similar? Like you've got like a front stoop and then this, the sidewalk is right there. So you're quite close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, if you're in an urban environment, um, you do have opportunities. A distance is great, you know, so it doesn't yeah. have to be right up exactly. close. Ideally, we right. get puppies, you know, getting to, to play with other puppies so that yeah. they can practice some of that stuff. But, sure. um, yeah, I know. I usually refer people to the AVMA, um, the American Veterinary, what is it? The American Veterinary Behavior yeah. Association, their statement okay. on puppy socialization. So okay. that can help people make the decision, hey, do I quarantine or do I socialize? And, of course, we want them to socialize, right? right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, yes. thank you so much for joining us. It was super fun thank talking you. to you because you well, are one of my favorite people. So You are one of my favorite people. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thanks for joining us, everybody. And, Michelle, you can find her on Instagram at – what is your handle? Train, train with underdogs. Yeah, train. So, T-R-A-I-N-W-I-T-H <laughs> – Spell it all out. D O G. I don't know why. I it's okay. That. I put it in the intro. But I did. Too. Yeah. I did it. I train did it. with underdogs, correct? Yes. Good yes. Stuff. Train with underdogs. And, yes. And I do yes. find your account to be one of the best ones out there. So. Oh my God, Renee! Thank I love you so it. much. I love it. So yeah, thanks mix, again, and, mix and in. enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Renee. Thanks. And I hope to do this again soon. All Yay. right. Okay. Bye. Yay. Okay. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Bravo Dog Knowledge Podcast. Don't forget, we have a free body language course on bravodog.ca. And we've got an exciting new course that is just about finished. So keep an eye out for that. Hopefully you found this episode insightful and we hope to have you join us again next time. Take care.